Good morning again. Somehow missed it. My name is Andy, um, and it's a great privilege to to be with you this morning. And I always consider it a great privilege to, you know, share God's word with His people because, you know, I don't know about you. Sometimes I feel like, God, me? Are you are you really serious? Are you sure? But it's it's a great great privilege. And my prayer is that um, the Holy Spirit will allow these words burn in our hearts in Jesus' name. Isaiah 11. So first, just to set um, a little context to this passage, and I don't know how, how easy would it be to get the passage back up, because I, I saw that we had it, and I was like, oh, that's fantastic. But the, the people of Israel, to set a bit of context, they, they're funny, the people of Israel, but really, they, they remind me of myself. I don't know about you. But they find themselves in a situation where they, they think, oh, if, we, if only we had a king, if only we had a king, everything would be fantastic. Life would be good if we had a king. And I don't know if you ever have felt that way in any point in your journey where you're like, if only I had that thing. Or if only I was in this particular season of my life, or if only I had that person, everything would be fantastic. And the people of Israel were like, yeah, if we have a king, everything would be good. It would solve all our problems. And this is the point when um, the narrator, you know, if you're watching a movie, the narrator would come in and say, having a king did not solve all their problems. But they, they, they had this desire and they, they forgot that they had God and he was their king. We do the same as well, don't we? Sometimes we're like, oh, if only I had that, everything would be fine. But what happened was the kings that they had actually created issues for them. And at this point, when Isaiah is giving this prophecy, they find themselves in captivity. They find themselves in a difficult space, in a difficult time. And so Isaiah comes to them to say, actually, there is a king that is coming. And it's interesting. The first time the word, the anointed one, is used, which is the word that we call Christ, it's used for the first king of Israel, Saul. Samuel refers to him as the Lord Yahweh's anointed. And, and Isaiah is saying to them, he's saying, there is an anointed one that is coming. This one will solve all your problems. This one is the one that you were hoping for all this time. And just in case you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert, he was talking about Jesus. And that was the message he was giving to the people of Israel then. But I wonder what Isaiah is saying to us. Now, because we live in a time when Jesus has come. And in this passage, Isaiah doesn't just line out the king coming, but he talks about the kingdom of this king. Because the reason that the people of Israel wanted a king was not just about the person, but it was about what he would represent. What kind of kingdom would he bring in with him? And it's the same way, the reason that we maybe pray for a job is not because we just desperately don't want to lie and I want to go to the office every single day. Who wants that? But it's really because of what it represents. 
And so Isaiah is saying, this is what the kingdom of this king looks like. This is what he would bring with him. And I think while for the people of Israel receiving these words at that time, it was something to look forward to. I think this message of Isaiah comes to us in today almost like a prophetic word to say, yes, we're going into Christmas season where we celebrate the truth of Emmanuel. God is with us. But I think he asks us the question, he says, well, God is with us, but are we with God? The king has come with his kingdom but are we dwelling in it? And I think this is what this passage helps us to answer for ourselves in this time. Because he lines out what the kingdom of this king looks like and he gets us to answer the question for ourselves. So to start with, he he lines out something important here. This kingdom will be led. It will have a leader. The king will lead by the Spirit of God. As I heard the musicians singing, very well led, it reminded me of a time in our worship group at Balaam. So we also have a Sarah. Sarah, right? Her name is Lisa. And Lisa leads, and she's loud as well on a good day. Um, she'll, she'll give you a run for, her, for your running. She will. She will. Um, bless her. Oh, is she going to listen to this recording? Anyway, Lisa leads, and, and she led our worship group. But there was a time when Lisa had to be away for a while. And Lisa has to be away for a while. There's this gap. There's no one to lead. But then what happens on a Friday night when we all come to practices, we all think we should be leading. The guy's on the drum, you know, Marilyn is on the drum. She thinks, I'm the loudest person here. I should be leading. There's Sue on the trumpet saying, oh, you're not as loud as me. I should be leading. Ian on the organ is saying, I've got the main churchy instrument. I should be leading. And you've got... Andy on vocals, and you know what we're like, we're divas, and I'm saying, no, 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 I've got the microphone, I should be leading, and we're all trying, fighting to lead, and of course, it's chaos, because everyone thinks they should be king. Isaiah says that the kingdom, of, in the kingdom of this king, there will be a leader. Jesus is with us. And he's still king of his kingdom. And it's interesting what Mary was saying earlier about humility. Because when you ask the question, what does it look like to have to be in a kingdom where Jesus leads? Repeatedly, Isaiah talks about wisdom. And in Proverbs, it talks about how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. From the Lord comes wisdom. From his mouth comes understanding. And wisdom, therefore, begins when we're at a place where we say, there is a king, and it's not me. There is a God, and it's not me. It's not, it's not about my opinions. It's not about how intelligent I am. It's not about me. There is a God, 
it's not me. Paul will write to the Philippians and he would say, in our relationship with each other, we should be like Christ, considering others of greater value than ourselves. The kingdom of God is one where we approach our relationships with knees bowed down before God. It is the heart that asks the question, not what, is, not what would Jesus do in a sense, because that suggests that Jesus used to do stuff then, he doesn't do stuff anymore, but it's the heart that asks the question, what is Jesus doing? What is God saying? It's the heart that says, yeah, this kingdom does have a king, and it is Jesus. And we need to, in humility, listen for him and serve him. It's a heart that is not content to be, doesn't want to be the loudest voice in the room, but wants God's voice to be heard. It's, it's, it's a heart that doesn't fight to lead because we trust in who our leader is. And Isaiah says, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of this Christ, he'll have a king and he will lead with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Not with human wisdom or ideas, but the wisdom of the Spirit. And so I guess Isaiah will ask us the question today, as Alton Baptist Church, he will ask, well, are you in the kingdom? Are you, are we a people who acknowledge that there is a God and it's not us. Isaiah will move on on the passage if we go to the next bit. And he will talk about the way that Jesus would approach others, the way that he would deal with others in this kingdom. And he talks about what he does with his righteousness. Righteousness is a key, that keep, a word that keeps repeating itself. What does this Jesus do with his righteousness? How does he lead? How does he engage with people? Sometimes you will think in human terms when you think this is, a, this is one who is completely righteous, meeting people who are completely broken. And you think, oh dear, how is this going to work? But we know how it worked in the life of Jesus. We know that the gospel shows us that everything Jesus did was driven by a heart of compassion. He had compassion. He saw people broken. He saw people struggling. And every part of him wanted to give them life, to make them whole. He was known as a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And I don't think the Pharisees meant that as a compliment. But Jesus, he couldn't see a broken person and walk away. His heart filled with compassion to give life to others, to make people whole. Whether it was to make them experience the forgiveness that they were searching for or to bring healing to broken bodies, or broken hearts, or broken minds. He was constantly going around, driven by compassion. And I love one of the lines where the people say about him, they say, everything he does is wonderful. 
And Isaiah asks us the question, are we in that kingdom? Are lives and our decisions driven by compassion? Driven by a heart that sees broken people and wants them to be made whole? Is that our posture in life? The same compassion. Because he says, if we are living in the kingdom of this king, then we're living in a kingdom of compassion that wants to see broken lives made new. Because that's what Jesus does. And unlike Jesus, in one of the songs that we sang earlier, we did not earn righteousness. We were not able to be righteous. We were given righteousness as a gift because of Jesus. And Isaiah says, what are you doing? What are we doing with the righteousness that we have been given as a gift? Are we doing the same thing that the king does? Are we living in the kingdom of the king where our heart's desire is to see broken lives made new? Or are we living in a different kingdom? Is it easy for us to see broken people and walk away when that was something impossible for our Christ? When the Pharisees wanted to get Jesus in trouble, all they needed to do was, on the Sabbath day, make sure that there was somebody sick or hurt nearby because they're like, you know he won't be able to help himself. You know he'll have to heal them. You know he won't be able to help himself. That's all they had to do. Just get someone broken and put him in front of Jesus and Jesus would be preaching his sermon and he'll be like, oh, now I have to do something there. And he says, the picture of whether we're in the kingdom of a king is what is in our hearts? Is it compassion? And then he goes on with this, the next wonderful picture and as Paul was saying earlier, this, the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is that, you know, they use this language in college that I haven't quite figured out yet. I'll, I'll let you know when I figure it out. But they say, you know, it's now but not yet. Now, there's a whole sermon in that. I'm not going to unpack that. But it's that sense of the kingdom of God, as Jesus says, is with us now. We will experience the fullness of that kingdom when our Christ returns but we can experience part of it now. And if we go from verse 6, Isaiah paints a picture where he says, communities that shouldn't get along will be able to get along in the kingdom of this Christ. People that technically should not reside together in this Christ kingdom, they would. In a different kingdom, they will tear each other's hair out. Unless you're like me and you don't have any hair. But in this Christ kingdom, they will actually dwell in harmony. Isn't it Paul that says, in the kingdom of God there is no Jew, no Gentile, no slave, no free, no male or female. We are one in Christ. And Isaiah says, in this king's kingdom, even those who naturally should not get along, everything on paper says they should not get along, but because of their love for this king, because of their loyalty to this king, 
because of the work and the reign of this king, they will live together in harmony. This is a big challenging one, I think, for us in today's church where the reality is that we struggle as God's people today to disagree well. What you find is, you know, we come together and we don't see eye to eye on something and then churches break up, isn't it? That's what happened. You know, there was one church that broke up because somebody used the wrong set of spoons. And you think, what is happening? And, and it's a question for us, is that sense of which kingdom are we part of? Because Isaiah says, in the kingdom of Christ, it doesn't matter whether our stories are different, our journeys are different, dare I say it in a whisper, our theology is different, ooh. But in the kingdom of this king, people dwell together in harmony. I'm not going to touch on who's the cow and who's the bear. I'm not even going to go near that. That's all. <laughs> but it's such a powerful picture. And, it, and it's one that it should challenge us. It should challenge us in terms of, do we really believe in this king, this our Jesus? Do we really believe in his kingdom reign? Do we really want to be part of it? Is our love for Christ greater than our differences with each other. It, it really is one that should challenge us. And then finally, Isaiah finishes on, well, definitely on a high for me. And, and in a good, it's a good thing that this is the last bit because if this was the first bit, I would have preached entirely on it because this is like, oh, this is, this is my ministry. I'm just going to preach on this for one hour. So you are blessed. Isaiah speaks about how from verse 9 he says that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of Yahweh. It's, it's, and for the Israelites, when they spoke about knowledge, they weren't, they weren't speaking about knowing about God. They were speaking about knowing God. Like knowing him, experiencing him. The psalmist says the earth will be filled, is filled with the glory of the Lord. Isaiah says, in this king's kingdom, those who were there will be filled with the knowing of God. You know, when people walk into this space, they get to know who God is. When people engage with your life, they get to know who God is. And it makes perfect sense because Jesus says, John 17, he says, I have been given authority over all people so that I may give them eternal life. And this is eternal life, to know God and Jesus who he sent. There is no greater gift than to know your God, to truly know your Christ. In a world as broken as this one is, to find strength in the journey, it only comes when you know, when we know who our God is. And Jesus says, Isaiah says, this king, those who live in his kingdom, they will know their God. 
and glorious will be his resting place. So Isaiah gives us a prophetic word as we go into this Christmas season. He says, your God is with you. Your king has come with his kingdom. Are we with him? Will we enter in? Amen. Amen.